basin in the old bayou Find your favorite fishing pole Find out where's the next honey hole Only on the top rod fishing machine Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Kane Radio's Fishing and Hunting Show. I'm Tony Landry, along with Ricky Watkins. Morning, Rick. Good morning, Tony. Anyway, for our weekly fishing and hunting show, and welcome to Kane Radio on the FM band 107.5 and AM 1240. And as always, uh, the purpose of this show is to keep our listeners updated with fishing and the hunting in the area, along with Louisiana and stories around the USA and the world. And, Rick, um, each Friday, these are the fine people that allow us to be here. Yeah, you're right, Tony. We've got to thank our sponsors, Alamo Hydraulics, Doors Heating and Cooling, Coca-Cola, The Quarter Tavern, and Home Run Pizza. And if you'd like to give us a call, of course, you got to dial that area code, 337. The number is 367-1240. That's 367-1240. You can also listen to us, uh, I should say, online at www.kane1240.com, anywhere in the world. We stream it all. And if you have Alexa, just say Alexa, play Kane 1240. Yeah, you may also listen to Kane on any accessible internet device. We're live here at the studios at 107 West Main Street here in downtown New Iberia, right next to Victor's Cafeteria, which is open. And, uh, Rick, as always, uh, we lead off with freshwater and saltwater fishing. What's shaking? Tony, have you heard much about saltwater? Uh, my buddies are kind of being tight-lipped, and they're waiting for these fronts to start coming through. And, uh you know, the, the specs will pick up, especially with the top water action. But have you heard too, uh, much about, you know, around the bay and, and uh, the, the pass and all of that? All I know is that, the, you know, the redfish are still out there. The specs, you've got to find that clean water with the specs. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, but they're catching some fish that, uh, you know, I've even heard them, uh, of white trout being caught, yeah. you know. So, uh, yeah, they usually start up right before the specs start. Yeah, that's, so that's a good sign. Yeah. That's a good sign. And uh, so things, right. knock on wood, uh, the CCA tournament, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But, yes, uh, uh, you know, I just don't think there are enough people entered uh, to catch fish and report, to be honest with you, with the CCA tournament. I right. mean, they have a lot of people that are yeah. invested, but uh, I just don't, uh, If I'm not sure, maybe one out of ten fishermen maybe in yes, the tournament, sir. something of that nature. Right. Um, that's a guess on my part. It could be more, it could be less. But, but Tony, the, the, the poor lake, we get back in my wheelhouse, which is freshwater. Sure. Uh, I haven't really heard too much about Lake Dotrieve. I haven't been. The basin's been so daggone good to me this year. And it, it bumped up a little bit last week. But now I see, I'm looking at your paper, it's falling back down. And, uh, you know, it should be good this weekend. The following weekend should be real good. Uh, excuse me. We were fishing Tony out of Sherrington last week. And we did very well. Now, what I did, I put down a at point, And I went and hit a couple of my spots. Now, this was when the water was coming up. It bumped up a little bit. So I wanted to see, it, it came up to see how hard it was to get into Sharon, and it, it was pretty tough. Uh, we got hung up on that sandbar, and we managed to get off relatively, you know, easy, but just saying we, we were in a smaller boat. If we would have been in a big bass boat, then we'd have been, in, we'd, we'd have been up the creek without a paddle, you know. Sure. But it's, uh, we got off of it, and I just wanted to see. I knew I could get in there and get out, and uh, we caught a few fish in Sherrington, and we caught a few fish around uh Mud Cove and a few more around uh, Miller Chute. <clears throat> but right now, it, that whole area should be getting better, turning out that the water's back on the fall, you know. Yeah. So uh, it just, it's been, I mean, the basin's been good as long as the water level has stayed, you know, seven, eight, 
uh, six feet, five feet, uh, that's that's a good uh, good water stage. And you, you haven't had to buy a new refrigerator or freezer this year, huh? Man, it's, I tell you what, I know you're joking me, but it's been it's been, it's been been awesome. Uh, it's, I know uh, that. Uh, yeah. I know you. We, uh, uh, we had a big fish fry the other night, and I cooked uh, 260 pieces, so that's about 260 and it didn't it didn't last long so yeah oh it it it, it moves uh, you're right <laughs> and about we still that. got plenty i mean that's not you know that's a lot of fish but we still got you know and i love to fish tony and i love to cook you know uh filet bass that's that's my favorite and i love to make plates and you've done came and got some plates with us and uh i just love doing that for people you know it's good good for business and good to give back to the community you know well, Rick, yeah. we, uh, as always, I, I always fire at you. What's been working for you? Uh, what lures? Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm not looking for your honey holes. Yeah, but, no, uh, but Tony, I'll be honest with you. This past couple of trips, the spinner bait, which we talked about that. It's a humdinger, and all the guys that fish know what I'm talking about. But for some reason, there's a Colorado in the front with the willow leaf behind it. The uh, the, the silver, I guess it's, it's got something to do with the shad. Uh, and the fish know the fall's coming, so they're feeding up, you know, not not heavy, but, I mean, it's uh, – I just think that extra flash is, is just what's making the difference, you know. We're using a quarter-ounce humdinger, which that's no secret, the water shallow in the basin, so you don't want a heavy, heavy bait, you know, unless you get out in the GA and you're fishing current, then you want to go with a little heavier bait. But uh, either the white or white and chartreuse and blue has been uh, – that, that's been that's been our best bait, you know, the last uh, two trips and – Good Lord's willing, I'm going to try to go back Sunday, and we'll see, you know, and that's the first thing we're going to throw is a spinnerbait, you know. And it, you've had a lot of success with it, too, oh, man, uh, in the last uh, yeah. few weeks and all. And what's good about a spinnerbait, Tony, you can catch now. We have caught some monster shoe pick, unless you catch one of them daggone big old shoe pick, about 10 or 12 pounds, because, I mean, they, they'll just annihilate your bait, you know. And, sure. And today, baits are not cheap, Tony. No, you know? you're right about that. That little bait we used to pay like three bucks for it, now it's, it's, it's bumping six bucks, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, even but uh, you gotta have it. You gotta oh, have the medicine. Right. You know, you're, oh yeah, you're right about that. Yep. So, uh, what more can I say? Anyway, in the meantime, uh, you know, we talked about just moments ago about the CCA tournament. Uh, not much changes this year, and uh, what's taking place in the action. Of course, we we finally have our first uh, tag redfish, which happened uh, a couple of weeks ago. Right. But in the meantime, I uh, <laughs> hadn't heard of anything else. Anyone else uh, tagging a redfish? I don't know this year, Tony. Redfish. Like you said, it, it it's I don't know. Well, you know, it seems like every year the the first tag redfish would come out in the first week. Well, yeah, uh, pretty much. Yeah, uh, of you're course, right. with that tag redfish for Felton Dore, he uh, he gets a uh, literally once he passes a polygraph, uh, he'll get a twenty twenty two uh, Chevy Silverado. No, it's not a bad gig. Oh, not at all. <laughs> yeah. Not at all. <laughs> of course, uh, pretty much everything the same. Bank fishing. John Latard uh, still has that uh, winning speckled trout at five point three five pounds. Uh, he caught from the bank. Uh, elsewhere, the kayak division. I just I give out our area. You know, there's that yeah. four distinct areas: the east, southeast, uh, southwest, right. and west. Mm, yeah. We're in the southwest, so I just stay with this and tell, yeah. let people know how what's shaking here. There you go. In the kayak division, Olivia uh, Olivia Cunningham uh, has uh, the the big spec at three point two five pounds, found, uh, followed by Scotty Broussard, who uh, has been pretty much uh, right behind her all year. Nicholas Begno with the big cobia. Don't think anybody's going to touch no, a 65-pound cobia. He's had that from jump. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Uh, along with Jason uh, Gotro, he's got a a, a pretty good size uh, red snapper at 23.6. But Donald Romero Sr. Uh, weighed in at Dragos earlier in the summer. He's at 23.67, so seven 
uh, thousands of a point, uh, hundreds of a point, I should say. He's yep. got that lead. Right. Uh, Anthony Frederick still having the big speckled trout in the southwest area at five pounds, followed by Trey Case and Grant Harden at uh, four eight and four pounds. Mangrove snapper Gary Trahan or Trahan, not sure uh, he pronounces uh, his last name. And elsewhere, at Don's right. boat landing at fourteen point oh five pounds, and Eric Ilias. At, uh, at from Dago's, uh, he get, he's got a mangrove snapper at 13.18. Fly fishing, John Petrie is in there with a speckled trout uh, at 1.45 pounds. In the youth division, we still stuck on six kids registered. That's an opportunity to win some uh, uh, a nice boat motor and trailer, as we've always yeah, talked about. Yeah, academy, and academy chips in, and they, right. they, they do a lot for the youth, Tony. Uh, very much so. So, uh, anyway, in the private uh, recreational red snapper landing estimates through July 31st, got it updated finally. It's up at 68%, uh, 544,000, almost 555,000 pounds of Louisiana's annual private recreational allocation of 809,000 pounds. And uh, as we all know, uh, it's uh, has, the commissioner has the right to cut it off any time. It's sixty eight percent. We've got about three weeks left, you know, at three fish per piece. So um, eh, I think we'll make it. Uh, we might even go a little further after Labor Day, possibly uh, maybe into September, uh, the way things are rolling right now. So this is basically about uh, a little over two months with a redfish. So uh, we'll see how that applied to everything. Of course, again, you have uh, three day or four days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday for Labor Day weekend, which is uh, today being the uh, 12th. So we're looking at uh, 19 plus uh, 6, so 25 days. 25 left. days, yeah. Yeah, the 90 days approximately. So uh, anyway, still got opportunity to catch some uh, red snapper out there in the Gulf. So uh, that's a little ways to go, too. Oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, also uh, saw this, too, uh, Rick, and it – Something I know you like to uh, fish for, uh, mm-hmm. a, a, a bluegill. I've uh, seen that. And this guy, uh, and, he call, and he called himself Tim Trahan, not Trahan, from Arcadia. But he's originally from home in Louisiana, moved up there for bit work, I guess. He decided to try his luck in ba- uh, with bass fishing in his neighbor's pond. <laughs> Can you believe this? And the trip turned into something dreams have made of. And after Tim got a bite on his Zoom super fluke, he set the hook in what would soon be the shock of a lifetime, uh, and on the other end of his line was the largest bluegill ever caught in the state of Louisiana. If you caught it on a fluke, it had to be big. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, for those familiar with catching bluegill or brim, the thought of catching one over a pound is a dream come true, but yep. the thought would never occur to most out here, even remotely possible, <laughs> that uh, a massive bluegill over two pounds, Rick. Man. However, it happened late spring here up in North Louisiana. The story, I picked it up from Wire to fish uh, dot com we learned after catching the fish train hand i asked my wife if i could get it stuffed she said with peppers and onions yeah <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway but uh train hand uh, who's been uh fishing for bass in a buddy's private pond when the massive bluegill struck this fish was taken to the wildlife louisiana wildlife and fisheries department for sampling to see if it was a true bluegill or a hybrid and uh, later they confirmed it was a bluegill, and the new state record is 2.24 pounds. And that's, Tron, that's right, Tron yeah. House Fish uh, bested the previous mark of 1.83 pounds out of the uh, Lat Lake over in 2016. And Tron did, in fact, get the fish stuffed and is probably displaying it in his uh, record catch at home in Arcadia. Of course, that took place around the end of May, so he had time to stuff it and get on the go with that. So, uh, 
just amazing, Rick. Uh, yeah, that's, that is a big bluegill. Yeah, I mean, that's massive. <clears throat> and that's uh, around, right around the time when the bluegill, they, they start bedding and they run. Tony's around May, a little before May, the 1st of May. Yep. Anyway, uh, I found this interesting, too, for you red snapper folks out there. And the new federal uh, red snapper regulations could allow bigger limits for some states and smaller for others. And I pulled this article because I do know we have a lot of red snapper uh, people out there. And dozens of congressmen in the southern states are now pushing back against uh, a proposed uh, uh, against federal regulations for red snapper, though the new rules could result in more opportunity for Louisiana anglers. About 40 members of Congress, including the Louisiana delegation, penned a letter to the United States Department of Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo uh, last week, urging her to direct the National Maritime Fisheries Service to improve the science behind how the agency sets its limits on red snappers. We all had discussions about this. Yeah. I mean, uh, with regards to red snapper, with the people tell us uh, they're yeah. just bountiful out in the uh, yeah. the deeper water. And years ago, Tony, it was commercial that, that was putting a herd on the snapper. You know, um, I don't think residential, they were catching some, but the commercial boats is what, what really hurt them. Yeah. And uh, it's just uh, anyway the legis- uh, the letter alleges the proposed rules from the NOAA Fisheries that concluded public comment July 28th decreases the percentage of the Gulf of Mexico red snapper that anglers can catch relatively to sustainable limits, and the Gulf Coast states uh, estimate angler harvest each year throughout the season, and the state's annual fishing limit was typical set just below the total overfishing limit to ensure the sustainability of the fishery. Of course, the great red snapper count, and we all know that, though, when the feds go out there and do it, when the locals do it, it's a big disparity in the yeah, numbers. I never could understand, it, you know, how they – and in one year, Tony, they skipped like two reefs, so how are you going to get a, a, you know, a, a good count? Yeah, and we all know that uh, the red snapper out there uh, offshore, they're just plentiful. Of course, at one time, you know, 15, 18 years they ago. They were scarce, yeah. They were scarce, but yeah. like you said, the commercial fishing's what just about uh, – uh, stressed them out yeah. but anyway the great red snapper count an independent study required by congress resulted in a proposed increase in the federal overfishing limit because it showed more fish than the federal regulators previously realized and yeah. we all know about that right you know state the local people are better at estimates and all than the, than the federal people yeah and uh, the proposed rule changes also implement a data calibration framework designed to create single currency among the various ways states monitor landing for the state's annual catch limit which uh, we've been heard a little bit the proposal would increase the overall red snapper fishing limit from 15.5 million to 25.6 million that's a 40 percent increase well that tells you there's a lot of fish that's right while increasing the acceptable biological catch from 15.1 to 15.4 anyway the post calibration would increase the state's annual catch limit uh, from Louisiana and Florida, by well, Louisiana is fifty thousand pounds, a hundred thousand pounds in Florida, right. relative to the limit in Alabama would drop about a half a million uh, pounds, and Mississippi would uh, decrease about a hundred thousand pounds. So Texas annual catch limit would remain unchanged. So uh, just to let people know, I mean, they're all red snapper out there, and the local authorities, I think, oh yeah, uh, you Rick, you and I can agree that they do a much better job. And yeah. uh, estimating uh, what the fish count is and things of that nature. So, uh, yes, sir. It's it's something we need to look at f- further. So, uh, uh, hopefully, uh, the congressman can come to some limits and some understandings in that regard. So, uh, 
in the meantime. So also just a, another little uh, update here on, uh, I want to say, the uh, addition, uh, recreational red grouper season to close August 30th. And the uh, Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries announced that the season for the recreational harvest of red grouper will close on 12.01 a.m. on Tuesday, August 30th. The reason is the current schedule to reopen on January 1st of 2023. Uh, the fisheries has informed the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries annual catch limit of 1.8 million uh, pounds gutted its weight is projected to be met by August 30th. So right. that's, a, that's a, a calculation. We're a little so, ahead of uh, schedule. Yeah. That's right. And yeah. the closure is necessary, as always, is to prevent the overfishing of the red grouper stock. So uh, that's always important to uh, you want to you don't want to see it uh, fished out and, and it just relieves the stress we've seen that for all types the only thing we hadn't seen it done with speckled trout too yeah. rick and i got a feeling that's coming soon enough too right. uh because over west of us in cameron parish uh, you only allow 15 specks yeah and this area it's 25 mm-hmm. and you know as well as i do if a guide goes out twice during the day not only is he gonna catch his limit of uh 25 and oh, yeah. 50 fillets, but whoever he usually brings is going to catch their limits. That's right. 100 fillets. Yeah, and you usually got at least, you know, a good-sized boat, Tony, four guys going a boat. So, yeah, you're right. You know, and um, you do that two or three times a week or every day of the week, that's a lot of fish. Oh, it is. It is. And uh, you can't eat 100 fillets uh, unless you want to give them away to yeah. uh, one of these uh, uh uh, diners or something yes, of that sir. nature. Yeah. So anyway, we're going to go ahead and take our first break this morning to listen to Kane Radio's Fishing and Hunting Show. We'll be back with more right after this. We have a new player on the field that is ready for kickoff with a delicious ice-cold Coca-Cola. And the kick. Ice giving him a little trouble as a few cubes shake loose. He's probably going to pour it here, and he does. The glass is full. Can he go all the way? He did it! Oh, wow! And just listen to that fizz! That might have been the most refreshing thing that I've ever seen. Woo! Coca-Cola. Taste the feeling. Everyone loves pizza, and everyone loves a home run. Put them together, and you have home run pizza. And yes, right here in New Iberia, located at 3816 East Old Spanish Trail, it's New Iberia's newest takeout pizza, and delivery is available. Dough is made fresh each day, and you get an assortment of toppings. Try the Grand Slam, the Double Play, or Mr. Meaty. They're all home runs at Home Run Pizza, 256-5783. That's 256-5783. Locally owned and operated, Alamo Hydraulic serves the oil business on the national scene. Specializing in welding, grinding, and hard chrome plating, Alamo also does fabrication work on cylinders, valves, pumps, and motors of all brands. Located at 2712 West Admiral Doyle Drive, you can call Chris Williamson at 303-3799. That's Alamo Hydraulics, a proud sponsor of the Cane Fishing and Hunting Show. A new carrier heating and air conditioning system from Dahl's Heating and Cooling can save you money every month. Thanks to the newest line of carrier energy-efficient technology products, you can lower your utility bill. Don't forget to ask about the cool cash savings through your local carrier dealer. Turn to the carrier experts at Dahl's Heating and Cooling. Call Dan, you're my AC man today, at 337-367-2511. That's 337-367-2511. License number 6286. 
The Corner Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Be there tonight for the Cajun Company Band. It's the best of the Tesh Red Carpet After Party. And tomorrow night, it's Classic Country Saturday Night. Remember, never a cover at the Corner Tavern. 19 TVs has you covered for tomorrow night's Saints game, and no bar has more outdoor seating. Corner Tavern, 910 East Main, across from McDonald's. The best drink prices in DeBerry. Domestic beer is now just $2. Imports $3 all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. And don't forget, now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. The hits of the 60s. 60- 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane 1075, AM 1240, and streaming at Kane1240.com. Welcome back to Kane Radio's Fishing and Hunting Show. And uh, another part that uh, we're going to talk about. And, Ricky, this is something that I wasn't aware of in that regard is that uh, they had a nice article uh, that you uh, put out with the Iberian right. uh, Sunday. And uh, it's about sharks moving around in uh, in, the, in the lakes and right, I'm going to let you talk, and I'm gonna, I'll go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, just he's, yeah. basically the article talked about uh, one of the, an avid bass uh, angler and his two children just saw something spectacular and scenes unfold in twice in a matter of minutes uh, back in the end of uh, July where the water was churning and a big commotion, he called it, and a big trash fish, you know, herded to the surface and were trying to, uh, like escape and it was this jaws of a shark okay and uh you know that's a sight a, a saltwater fisherman sees occasionally but you just don't see that in the basin yeah and uh they talked about it was out of the old verdonville landing uh in that little barrel okay. pit and uh, that's when all kinds of commotion that's when they saw a carp come out of the water and half of it was missing and uh they fished back all the way back up the front and they were wondering what it was, and they saw nothing else out of the ordinary, but uh, they thought maybe it was a hungry gar. Yeah. You know, uh, but uh, then when they saw that, basically it was a, a shark that was uh, thrashing around in the water. Three, four-foot size uh, shark. Tony, we got back to the landing last Sunday, and we put down, like I said, at Miette Point. So I looked, I looked down, I seen something white like the sheet of paper. It's about three or four foot long. It was a shark. Now, I don't know if somebody left there or went fishing and just dumped it there. I don't know. But when I seen this article, that's why I didn't say nothing to, you know, to let you uh, talk about it. But I guess they come in, they get in uh, the the freshwater uh, tributary and just swim up because you come up to uh, Baldwin Cut. Then you come come around and you're right there by the old landing, which you're talking about, Verdonville. Now, Met Point is not that far. Well, it's it's a little jump from Verdonville. But anyway... But I was shocked to see that. Uh, now I didn't test it to see if it was dead or alive, you know. Mm-hmm. So when I when we when I backed the trailer down, my my buddy was putting the boat on the trailer. So I walked back over there to look, and it was gone. So I don't, you know. And I mean, I know what uh, what a shark looks like, Tony. Oh yeah. Know? I mean, uh, yeah. You know, and the, you know, with the, this fish being eaten, you know, jumping, yeah. trying to escape the jaws of the well, uh, shark. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, of course, then you got alligators. Well, they're going to finish it off, you know, yeah. if it's sitting oh, there yeah. on the water. Yeah. And uh, so they was at, he was after one of the big Asian carp, huh? Yep. And, okay. Yeah, and I, I don't have a problem with that because you know no, as well no, as well, I do that they they yeah. can they can kill off a lot well, of fish. Two weeks you know? ago, I was I let off the boat. Come in, you know, easing in, island into the landing. One about 30 pounds hit me in the back, and I thought somebody had, had pushed me, you know. <laughs> you talk about made a mess in the boat. They're slimy, oh, yeah. Tony. Oh, yeah. And if you just touch them, bro, they, they bleed. I mean, you talk about make a mess. So yeah, they, they're, like they're going to have to end up, I don't know if they can use them for fertilizer. And, I mean, I'm not trying to. But they're going to have to do something with them, Tony. Uh, 
And these things are huge, bro. And if you're running, they, they can hurt you. Oh, I yeah. mean, oh, I wouldn't oh, want to oh. be running 30 miles an hour in the boat and let one jump and, and you hit him or I he can, hit you. I can remember a story a while back, and it was maybe three or four years ago. They were boat was moving pretty quickly in one of the rivers or ponds or whatever up right. in Florida. Yeah. And this little eight or nine-year-old, one jumped out the water and ended up breaking her neck and killing her. I remember that. Tony. You know, yeah, that, that was sad. just tragic. Yeah, that was right man. before school started. You're right. Anyway, yeah. uh, you know, the article mentioned there were certain there were at least two sharks there, one in the back and one in the front, and an estimated half-mile-long burrow pit, and it was okay. a wild scene. It was not the first – and believe me, that's not the first time people have seen sharks in the basin no. to uh, – or even, uh, you know, it's well, miles from the Didn't a lady Bay. last year catch a shark in Sheraton yeah, or somewhere, right. somewhere around it? Yeah, yeah, right, in that right. area. Yeah. I know four years ago, another couple running their jug lines all baited in the GA cut also near Sheraton. Caught, yeah. Yeah, and they, when they got the last one, they pulled up a shark, which was yeah. too exhausted to put up a fight, but they released him mm-hmm. alive. Yeah, and you know, and, Tony, uh, staying on the same subject, but just tell people to be careful. Right when you get outside of uh, the GA cut, uh, the cut right there coming out of Sheraton, there's a there's a sandbar, and I've been seeing people swim. Folks, y'all just please be careful because yeah. if this is going on, I mean, you're splashing in the water. You know, you just don't want to. You just want you don't want to take a chance. Just be please be careful swimming around that area, because me at Point in Sheraton, that's you can almost skip a rock. That's not that far. Yeah, and when you see that dorsal fin, that's not a porpoise well, or, or a dolphin. No, man. That's, that's kind of late when be you see that. That's yeah. right. And those things, those babies are quick. Yeah, even a three or four uh, foot long one, man, can yeah. bite your hand. I off. couldn't think off off the draw, Tony. It's Taylor's Cut. When you come out of Taylor's Cut, there's a sandbar right there. Every time we come in, there's people swimming, which I know, you know, that summer's winding down. You want to enjoy it, but y'all just please be careful, you know, because uh, me at Point is right there, and that's basically where uh, – where they sell, you know, the, those, uh, so say if it was a shark that was seen, you know. Anyway, the, you know, bull sharks can adapt to fresh water, too. Yeah. People, you know, they, people right. all the time watch them swimming on a sandbar near the lake. They've caught them on jugs, too. Of course, there have been yeah. reports about bull sharks uh, reported in the Mississippi River as far up as St. Louis. Right. That's hundreds of miles, Then And it probably is bull sharks, Tony. You yeah. know, and like I told you, it's been a few years, but on a spinnerbait when, in the fall, I've caught some nice flounder, so... That tells you flounder is coming up through there. Sharks, sharks can also come up through yeah. there. So, a- yeah. Anyway, you know, a lot of old timers say they used to catch them in the Henderson in the lake in St. Martin Parish. That was 40, 50 years ago. I but, wouldn't uh, doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. But uh, they're around, man. They're around. Yeah. So, anyway, you know, come September 1st or the first week of September, the, the Louisiana uh, – uh, Wildlife and Fisheries Commission, you know, the alligator uh, hunting starts, gets cranked up, too. And uh, the yeah. notice of intent to reduce alligator hide tag fee from uh, 4 to $3. Of course, that's not going to take place until January of 2024. So uh, in uh, just in its August meeting last week uh, in New Orleans, the temporary reduction of tag fee will uh, will end on December 31st, 2023. According to the notice of intent, the purpose of the change is to provide a temporary relief to the alligator industry in time for the t- suppressed market conditions. There's no suppressing in the number of gators well, out there, I can I, assure you. You just took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> Tony, like I said, I, I love the scenery, but it's, uh, you know, it, I've seen more woodies, wood ducks. I've done told you that the last two years than, than I've seen ever, which is good. That's a mm-hmm. good sign. But, Tony, the alligators is, it, it, I'm going to say like this, they're almost out of hand. I mean, dude, they yeah. are everywhere. When I tell you from 10-footers, 12-footers, down to 2-footers, they're yeah. just, we got one spot we fish. It's almost like, okay, 
y'all, y'all get away, you know, because you can't tell me they don't spook the fish, Tony. Yeah. I mean, you're oh, looking yeah. at this thing, you know, this massive beast that's a lot bigger than you. I mean, I know I'm not going to stick around there, you know. Well, you know, uh, just years ago, I remember these kids swimming out in the uh, cove in uh, in Lake Forest Point uh, State Park, and uh, and then here they are. They got out the water. Here they are later on throwing bread into the water because the little gators were uh, being attracted, yeah. a foot long and all. But I'm yeah. going, man, y'all don't don't, don't feed the gators. Yeah. I mean, they're going to think they can come right. here. They remember where they get their food, and they're going to oh, come yeah. here looking, and the big gators are going to throw. Right. And Tony, the last time I was in the lake, it's been a few months, like I was saying earlier. Um, I've never seen a gator down Bird Island, okay? Now, this gator, he wasn't huge, but he was he was knocking nine foot, yeah. okay? So you know what that tells me? Somebody's feeding him for him to hang around That's because, right. they, you know, Bird Island, we talked about the camps there a while ago. Tony, there's camp after camp after camp. That's right. You do not want an alligator around the kids or, yeah. or if you got a, a, a little Labrador dog that loves water. Nope. That, that's not uh, good, you know. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I agree. So anyway. Also, uh, five Mississippi men cited for recreational fishing violations over in Plaquemines Parish. And the Department of Wildlife and Enforcement Agents uh, cited five men for allegedly uh, recreational fishing violations, uh, uh, ages from 60, 57, 56, 59, uh, over, uh, over the daily limit of catfish. Agents also cited another 44-year-old, and a couple of them for not possessing a non-resident. Basically, these guys were all from Mississippi. Uh, agents were on patrol responding to a complaint that right. they had contacted five on the Mississippi River levee just south of Empire Locks, actively fishing with rods and reels. Agents found them, you ready, in the possession of 665 catfish in multiple ice chests. Dang. And uh, any uh, further investigations, agents determined that four of them caught over the daily limit of catfish per angler. Three also failed to purchase non-resident basic fishing licenses. And you know, Tony, right now, I'm sorry to stop you, but uh, if you get a, a, I call it a package deal, you can get a a basic fishing license, you know, uh, non-residents it's not what 25 30 bucks for three or four days yeah, i mean come yeah, on man you know much, even a little bit more well, than that you know? I, don't, I don't think it's that much more though tony but anyway just well, to say yeah they seized the 665 catfish donated them to a great cause hunters for hungry the daily limit of catfish is 100 fish in the aggregate of blue channel and flathead catfish all right and uh, taking over the daily limit of catfish, uh, two fifty to five hundred dollar fine, ninety days in jail. Not possessing a non-resident basic fishing license brings another three hundred fifty dollar fine. Yeah. The men may also f- face civil restitution in the replacement value of the catfish at about five hundred. Tony, not only that, you got two hundred fillets. I mean, really? Yeah, that, right. that's with the limit, you know. Yeah, here's another one. Three men sighted, and, and these guys are not like these spring chickens either. They're sixty years old, late fifties. You think they'd know better? But they didn't, and they they got paid a price. Anyway, meanwhile, three men cited for possessing forty nine red snapping vermilion patterns. I heard about that. Anyway, a mm-hmm. sixty uh, three yeah. year old from Maurice, a sixty seven year old from Brobridge, thirty one year old from Abbeville, taking over the limit of red snapper, failing to keep the saltwater fin fish intact, and they cut them up also while they were out in the water. Agents also on patrol in the Gulf of Mexico, south of Vermilion Parish, when they contacted the three men off a of freshwater bayou. Returning from an offshore fishing trip, uh, agents further investigated. Agents located an additional ice chest hidden within the vessel. The ice chest contained 80 fillet, 
fillets of red snapper, which is equal to 40 red snapper. Yes, sir. The daily limit of red snapper is three. Yeah, per The man. minimum size limit of a cobia, they also caught a cobia. Yeah. That uh, is 36, size, yeah, yeah. 36 inches in forklift. So yeah. 49 red snapper, they got fined uh, accordingly. So, uh, And they'll face civil restitution, too. So, wow. Anyway, uh, the tides for this weekend today, the 12th of August, sun rose at 634. It's going to set at 750 in the high and low tide chart. The first high tide was at 619 uh, a.m. The next high tide will be at 257 this afternoon. The first low tide will be at 1026 this morning. Next low tide at 1057. Tomorrow, the 13th, Saturday, same sunrise, 635, 749, uh, the sunset. And you can see the first high tide will be at 647 tomorrow morning. The next high tide at 418. The first low tide, 1120 a.m. tomorrow. And the next uh, low tide, 1147. Sunday the 14th. Sun's going to rise southwest past Vermilion Bay, 635, set at 748. So we're losing our daylight there. In the yep. high and low tide chart, we can see the first high tide will be at 712. That's Sunday morning. And the next high tide at 544. There's only one low tide Sunday and that will be at 12.22 p.m. Average water temperature in Vermilion Bay, Southwest Pass, 82 degrees. Well, and, uh, yeah. Rick, that's pretty good temperature oh, yeah. for everything. Right. <clears throat> so um, what can I say? Anyway, the, the reason we're here each Friday, Rick, is to these yep. fine people. Tony, we've got to thank our sponsors, Alamo Hydraulics, Doors Heating and Cooling, Coca-Cola, Quarter Tavern, and Home Run Pizza.